Hi everyone, it's really good to be with you uh, this morning. Uh, how are you guys going in this uh, lockdown? You know, what I've learned from this lockdown is you know, just how much I miss my family and friends. I mean, even just to be able to touch another human being. You know, we really were made for relationship. A relationship with God and of course, relationship with one another. And when we don't get that, we really miss it so much. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at the last sermon in our four-part series on relationships. If you remember, Pastor Sam spoke on a Made for Friendship, and then we had a, a guest speaker, a Dr. Peter Adam, and he spoke to us on singleness, so that was really good. And last week, uh, Pastor Devon spoke to us about the dating relationship. Today, I'm going to finish our series uh, speaking about marriage, the marriage relationship. Now, most people, of course, do get married. Uh, but there's a big difference between being married and having a good marriage relationship. But how do you do that? I'm sure uh, many of you parents have uh, given your children some uh, great Christmas presents over the years. You know, that uh, big toy, that big item that they've really uh, been wanting. Something really special. Uh, but it has those wonderful words on it. Some assembly required. Uh, now, if you're anything like me, uh, that's code for, mate, I'm smart enough to work this out myself. Uh, then after an hour or so, uh, the thing is still not working, and then my wife, Carl, she utters those magic words, why don't you look at the manual? And I think to myself, well, I'm a man. I can work it out. But in the end, I can't. You see, the person who made the toy is the person who knows how to put it together. And, you know, marriage is like that. Uh, marriage comes with a very big label. It says, very complex, much assembly required. Uh, it takes a lifetime uh, to put a marriage together. And it takes really careful reading of the instruction manual from the one who made marriage. We need to read that instruction manual that God gave us, his word, the Bible. And uh, in the second uh, chapter of Genesis that we'll be looking at today, it tells us about the very first marriage, how God put that together. And uh, it's really the basis for almost everything else that the Bible has to say about marriage. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this uh, time that we can spend now in your word. Uh, lead us today uh, through your Holy Spirit as we seek to understand your word, Lord, and also uh, be able to apply it into our own life. Uh, lead us this day, Lord, in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, uh, God creates the universe and everything in it. And he says it is wonderful, it is beautiful, it is really, really good. But then God says that one thing is not good, that the man should be alone. So God says, I'll make a helper fit for him. Now, this word helper is not to put women down or under men in any way at all. The word helper is used by God, actually, about himself, uh, that God is the helper of Israel. So the woman Eve is Adam's needed companion. Uh, they're equal in every single way. Adam's made from the dust of the earth, and uh, Eve is made from the rib or the side of Adam. 
they're made, in fact, from the same essence. Both men and women are made in the image of God. Uh, they complement one another. You know, you have to look at both a man and a woman in order to see the full, to be able to understand the full image of God. Then in chapter 2 and verse 21, God performs the very first surgery with an anaesthetic. Good on you, God. Uh, but notice that Adam, he, he doesn't just wake up and find Eve is just lying next to him. No, God brings the woman to Adam. You see, a Christian marriage is a three-way relationship. A man, a woman, and God. Uh, marriage is this triangle with God sitting at the very top. And, and the closer the man and the woman get to God, the closer they get to one another as well. But when Adam and Eve uh, disobey God in Genesis chapter 3, they don't just hide themselves from God, they cover up because they then have things to hide from each other as well. You see, God is the one who builds relationships. Uh, sin is the one that breaks relationships apart. Now, broken Christian marriages always involve at least one person um, walking away from God. But marriage isn't the solution to our need for relationship. Uh, as Peter Adam uh, told us a couple of weeks back uh, when he spoke about singleness, uh, it was really interesting to hear from him on that topic. You know, singles, they need good, supportive relationships as well from other single people and from couples uh, too. And uh, if you're married, well, you need to have other relationships as well as your spouse. Uh, you need family, you need good friends. We're, we're all made to have many different kinds of relationships in our lives that build us up. And marriage, you know, it's not for everyone. Uh, and it isn't the only solution that we have to our need for relationships. We need other relationships as well. Now let's uh, turn to verse 24, and I want to concentrate on this verse this morning. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, now there isn't heaps of teaching in the Bible uh, about marriage, but this verse, it's very impressive because it's stated four times uh, in the Bible and at really critical points as well. Uh, so it's very much a foundation verse on marriage. Here in Genesis, of course, this verse really sums up the whole of uh, the creation story uh, that God uh, gives us here. And then Jesus quotes this same verse in Matthew chapter 19 and Mark chapter 10 uh, when he gives his big discourse. His, he makes his important statement against divorce in uh, both of those Gospels. And then Paul, he tells us that marriage Marriage has a bigger purpose. Marriage is a picture of the relationship between Jesus and the church, uh, as Pastor Devon mentioned to us uh, last week. So, you know, what that really means is that, well, my marriage and, and your marriage, it, it is a painting, it is a portrait of Christ and the church. And the world is watching and uh, they are seeing how we are putting our marriages together. That's really great, isn't it? That, that by looking at our marriage, 
You know, people are able to see the beautiful picture of Jesus and his church. And that's a wonderful story, it really is. So verse 24 starts off with, A man shall leave his father and his mother. And to leave means, well, it means to forsake. It means to break the union that you've got with your parents. You know, it's a word about our intention. I have decided, I have made the decision to break this dependency relationship with my parents so that I can be fully committed to my spouse. It's like, you know, you untie yourself from uh, one family unit so that you can tie yourself to your spouse and become a new family unit. You know, your spouse has to be your primary, your number one relationship. Uh, you can be an independent husband or wife, but you can't be an independent husband or wife and also be a dependent child as well. So what does it mean to leave your parents? Well, you know, if you have a problem, you talk about it with your wife, with your spouse first, and you agree together before you then go and talk with your parents about that issue. Uh, you never criticise your spouse uh, in front of your parents. Actually, you shouldn't criticise your spouse in front of anyone at all. And, and you know, if your parents criticise her, you stick up for her. And parents, you know, don't help your kids out with strings attached. I mean, you don't want them to be in a position where they've got to choose between uh, their parents and their spouse. Uh, naturally, of course, we still need to honour our parents. As uh, the Bible tells us in the Ten Commandments, Exodus uh, chapter 20 and verse 12. And that means that we, we need to always be very respectful to our parents. We need to listen to their reasonable advice. and We need to obey them when that doesn't go counter to what God tells us or uh, is counter to our marriage. And, you know, we, did, we need to take care of them as well, particularly as they get older or, in fact, whenever they have a need as well. Then uh, verse 24, it goes on to tell us that the man will hold fast to his wife. That means he's got to really cleave to her. It means fasten together really, really tightly. It's like, you know, flesh sticks to bone. Love doesn't keep us together. Commitment does. You know, committed for life with no exit plan. You know, no hidden bank accounts just in case. No keeping in touch with an old uh, boyfriend or, or girlfriend. Uh, Gail and I made an agreement before we were married that divorce would never be an option for us. Murder maybe, but not divorce. But what that means is that we had to work hard whenever we had an issue or a problem in our relationship to make sure that that would not come between the two of us. Have you ever seen a table with a solid wooden top? Uh, these days they're all made by uh, gluing pieces of wood together to make one solid piece of wood. Have you ever done that, uh, stuck two pieces of wood together? Well, I have. And it's an interesting process. You need to find, first of all, two matching pieces of wood. You see, the choice is important. Uh, you need to plane the rough edges off uh, so the two of them will fit together properly. 
uh, good preparation is very important. And you need the best quality glue in order to stick them together. God is the glue. And you carefully put them together with the glue and then you clamp them and hold them tight together. You see, pressure and glue is what keeps them together. Pressure is the work and the time and the effort that the husband and wife need to put into their relationship. Then you've got one solid piece of timber, a love that never lets go. But if you want two separate pieces of wood, then for goodness sake, make that decision before you glue them together. Not after. You know, you can try and pull them apart, but it's going to be really messy. And uh, the two pieces of wood, they'll never be quite the same again. If your marriage is struggling, you know, I just really want to encourage you this morning to, to do everything you can to rescue your marriage. You know, get help, I speak with a pastor, I go to a marriage counsellor, do everything that you can, you know, to really save your marriage. You and God, you can do it. I've seen so many uh, times when uh, marriages that seemed so distant uh, really came back together and really thrived. Um, God, you know, he is a master rescuer and, and always keep your hope in him. Now, I know that, unfortunately, uh, today, divorce does happen. And our God is a God of grace and truth and love and wonderful forgiveness, uh, no matter what. And that's the story of the cross, God's forgiveness to us. You know, God will forgive you and he will enable you to forgive others as well. And God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds, as it tells us in Psalm 147.3. You know, if you're still dealing with a, a broken marriage, and you're still really struggling with that in, in your own heart, you know, we are here to really help you. We want to do everything we can to really support you in that situation. Just ask one of the pastors, or perhaps you have a, a close, trusted friend, someone that you can really confide in. Now, uh, the uh, result of leaving our parents and, and holding fast, really clamping onto our wife, is that the two of us become one flesh. Walter Trobisch, in his book, I Married You, said this, Two persons share everything they have, not only their bodies, not only their material possessions, but also their thinking and their feeling, their joy and their suffering, their hopes and their fears, their successes and their failures. To become one flesh means that two persons become completely one with body, soul and spirit. And yet there remains two different persons. One flesh is a sexual union, that's true, but it's so much more than that. You know, it's about relational and emotional oneness together. And it's built on the foundation of a, of a permanent, exclusive relationship. One flesh, it's not a matter of fusing two people together. It's when both of you have an identity that's firmly grounded, firmly rooted in God. And yet they have this um, 
this situation where there's no physical, there's no emotional, there's, there's no spiritual wall or barrier between uh, those two people. It's like we're an open book, a completely open book to each other. Uh, when my wife's in pain, that's my pain. Uh, when one of us sins, it harms both of us. Uh, when my not wife's needs are met, uh, mine are met as well. Now, I just want to mention a few resources that could be really helpful for you in uh, thinking of marriage and also uh, uh, for your marriage too. Now, the church has this three-page statement on marriage, uh, divorce and remarriage. It's really good, gives you a good biblical framework, a biblical background to the topic of marriage. And so very helpful for everyone who is considering marriage and even if you're married, of course, as well. Now, there's a lot of books that have been written, of course, about marriage. There's uh, hundreds, thousands, millions probably of them out there. But let me just recommend one to you. It's the book by Tim Keller, uh, The Meaning of Marriage. And I think that could be helpful for those considering and those who are married as well. A good preparation uh, here at the church, we run pre-marriage course uh, by Alpha. In fact, we're running it right at the moment and it'll be running again next year. So if you're engaged, if you're seriously considering marriage, then keep an eye out for that. Uh, perhaps even if you contact us and let us know and we'll let you know when the next course is on. We also have the marriage course, which is really great to enrich one's relationship. We conducted it earlier this year. We had more than 20 couples coming along to that online, of course. And it's, you know, every uh, number of years uh, during your marriage, you really need to spend time thinking and, and reflecting on how your marriage relationship is going and, and going back on some of the fundamentals and foundations. The marriage course is a great way for the two of you to really spend some time um, enriching uh, your marriage together. We also have a, a course called Prepare Enrich. It's actually done with a counsellor and it's to help couples look at the strengths and, and perhaps the growth areas in their relationship together. Uh, really helpful for people. We use it for marriage counselling, but we also use it for uh, enriching people's marriages and also part of marriage preparation. There's a number of people in our church um, who are able to conduct that course and we're happy to organise that with you if uh, you feel that that would be helpful to you. So please uh, contact myself or one of the other pastors and we would love to help you uh, with these resources or in any other way that we can uh, as well. Uh, let me finish now with verse 25. The man and his wife were both naked and they weren't ashamed. I remember when my uh, kids were young, they would run all over the house uh, naked. You know, kids, they're just so totally and completely innocent. You know, it doesn't even um, come into their mind that they've got anything to hide uh, at all. You know, my life needs to be a wide open book uh, to my wife. Uh, she doesn't need to just know everything about me, but she needs to know uh, what's on the inside as well. You know, my thoughts and feelings, hopes and dreams, uh, you know, by being totally open to another person, that is not an easy thing to do. I certainly don't find it easy. It's, it's really hard, uh, even uh, with my wife. And it can be risky too. Uh, sometimes we have things that we don't want others to know about uh, because we feel we may be rejected. Um, we feel that they may tell others we may be shamed. 
You know, if you're anything like me, um, you've got stuff that's perhaps deep down inside that you find really difficult, really hard uh, to share with others. Uh, my life needs to be that kind of open book with my wife. Uh, and I'm still working on that myself. But I know that God is able to do that in me and in your marriage as well. I know that uh, many of you have some uh, really deep hurts or perhaps even some secrets um, that you need to tell your spouse. Maybe it might be something that's illegal or immoral. Uh, maybe you know it's something that will really hurt them. Now, I'm not going to say to you that you have to tell them that today. And maybe you should, of course. But maybe you need help with that. Help him being able to uh, talk uh, through those things, perhaps with another trusted person first who can help you to get to a point where you can share that with your spouse. Uh, that's how you know, God made marriage to be. You know, a place where we can be totally open with one another uh, and then feel totally safe in that relationship. Until death do us part. Uh, God bless you in your marriage today and tomorrow. Let's pray. I'm going to give uh, each of us an opportunity to just uh, spend some time speaking with God and uh, perhaps God has spoken into your life and you might like to speak with him about that. And then I'll, uh, I'll close in prayer. Father God, uh, you made us. You made us to have uh, beautiful, loving relationships uh, with yourself and with others too. Uh, yet our own sin and selfishness, our pride just, just gets so much in the way of uh, all of our relationships. Lord Jesus, uh, help us to really get closer to one another so that we can understand, Lord, uh, how much you gave, how much you sacrificed so that we could have a good and a right relationship with you. And when we have that relationship with you, we, we can have that kind of relationship with one another as well. It's so beautiful. Lord, we pray that you would fill husbands and wives with the kind of love and commitment and faithfulness that they need to have with each other today. Help them to be a really wonderful example of how much Jesus loves each and every one of us. In his most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.